What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to the Bear of Texas podcast. What is up, beauties? Welcome to another edition of Into the Net FC, the soccer talk discussion segment of the Bear of Texas. Ladies and gentlemen, I, the Bear of Texas, is reporting live from an undisclosed location deep in the heart of Texas. Ladies and gentlemen, a special episode comes a very special guest because today I am proud to have a French compatriot on the show. He is a member of Olympique de Marseille Nation of Los Angeles. Ladies and gentlemen, let's give a warm welcome to Anthony. Anthony, bienvenue. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Uh, I'm very happy to be a part of it. And uh, thank you for the advertising about my fan club in Los Angeles. You know that's the funny part because you know I'm not a <laughs> I'm not a, a a supporter of Olympique de Marseille, but rest assured I only support PSG because of, of Kylian Mbappe. If, if once Kylian Mbappe <laughs> deports PSG, I probably won't really care much for the club. Okay, thank you. It makes me happy <laughs> I mean, this way. But I do yeah. support Marseille. I mean, I will root for them sometimes because I I just love soccer. Okay, yeah, yeah. That, that's good. Yeah, we need support for everybody. <laughs> I mean, especially what Marseille has been going through for so long. But, but today, you know, what's special is that you know you and I could talk about our roots in the soccer, our passion for the French football, the national team, our experience and everything. So we're not going to waste any more time, Anthony. Okay, yeah, no problem. I'm following you. Uh, I'm ready to share my uh, my experience and my love for football and the French national team. Ah, bah, très bien, très bien. So when did you start watching soccer? Oh, I would say it was back in uh, 1996. Yeah, I was about seven seven years old. Okay, you started the exact same time I did because the first uh, major tournament for me was the 1996 Euro. Oh, yeah, nice. Nice, yeah. 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 Well, you know, I don't have a lot of memories from this time. I was pretty young. I would say my first memories um, as, a, as a soccer fan will, will be... F- Starting um, 98, maybe 98, 97. Yeah. Well, 1998 was definitely the best year, you know, for us. But (laughs) 
But for me, the 1996 Euro, I mean, I actually remember watching it. You know, I remember, I actually did an episode on this. I did it when I explained that, you know, when, when France lost in the semifinals to the Czech Republic, you know, I threw a fit. Yeah. And, you know, I was pretty upset about it. My mom had to take me to the park just to calm me down, but... But, the, you know, the experience was, you know, I caught my eye on Zinedine Zidane. And, of course, at the time, you know, he was playing for Bordeaux. He was not at the peak of his career. And I stressed the fact that at the time, he was not much, he was not really accepted by the French media. I mean, at the time, he was depicted in the media as just another another dude that wants to play for the national team. Another dude, young dude that no one knows about and, you know, has a, obviously has, has this future ahead of him, but... But the 96 Euro, yeah. I mean, the, obviously, since we started, I mean, the, the, when we think of the 96 Euro, it was, th- that was basically the beginning of the uh, post-Eric uh, Antona era, although Eric Antona really yes. doesn't, doesn't have any much meaning to me in my life. I mean, I, I, I rarely, I've rarely even seen anything he ever did. Yeah, yeah, yeah same for me. Uh, I, think, I think the French national team learned a lot about uh, the the European Cup in 96. I think we learned a lot and it's what made us uh, stronger in 98. Uh, yeah, I know, I know, well, we didn't do like a really good competition, but we learned a lot and I, I, I think he helped a lot for, for our future as a national team. Yeah, I mean, we had to because the 1998 World Cup was in France. So, like, we, we needed a yes. strong squad. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was, uh, it was a huge event for for our country and uh, and uh, yeah you know we, we all the year long until the competition started we were all into it and we wanted to make it very uh, special and uh, yeah it was it was a huge thing and uh, we needed a big 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 team with good players and uh, and we made it. <laughs> It was just such a special tournament. You know, the unfortunate part for me is, you know, I was not in France when this took place. It took place, you know, probably about six months after uh, we arrived here in the United States. But, but it was still good oh. to see France win the World Cup. I mean, I think of the squad at the time. You know, I mean, I always like to say, I me mean, back then, you know, Zinedine Zidane was was just a dude, in, you know, in his mid twenties. I mean, Thierry Henry was only twenty one years old at the time. Barthez was oh, yeah. young. I mean, they, a lot of the legends, you know, that that we praise today. I mean, they were young back then. Yeah, they were super young. I, I, I think we had one of the youngest team, but so much potential and uh, good together. You know, they were like brothers to each other. And I remember Thierry Henry and uh, Trezeguet uh, used to play for Monaco at this time. Monaco, can you believe it? They had Thierry Henry and Trezeguet. Oh my God, it's, it's amazing. It was, it was absolutely amazing. And I like how you point out that they were like brothers to each other. I mean, because the French national team was setting an example because all the racism sur- surrounding the team you know a lot of the players you know because of the color of their skin you know there's a part of french yeah. politics you know pointing out all oh, these guys aren't french these guys are you know like that and it was basically to take a stand against racism you know it was basically like soccer to unify the country altogether, like eliminate racism oh yeah yeah um you know i believe strongly that since this uh, world cup in 98 I believe the new generation, starting at this time, uh, opened their eyes and accepted more, you know, each other. I, I you know, uh, I like to say at this time, uh, it's because of football or thanks to football that I learned the French national, uh, you know, uh, anthem. Uh, I also learned all the flags 
uh, all the uh, countries around the world. I really open, uh, you know, I, I, it really helped me to open my eyes and to learn more about what's around me, you know. Uh, when you grow up in a country and you just know this country and your own city, you think it's only, you know, it's what matter. But actually, with, with, with this kind of event, a World Cup, you, you really open your eyes and you, you accept better each other. Uh, you learn a lot about different cultures, uh, languages. Uh, yeah, so I, I think it helped a lot, uh, you know, our, the new generations. Mm-hmm. Absolutely well said. And, you know, a lot of people don't know. I mean, French, the French national team has always been a multicultural team. I mean, let's not forget, Michel Platini was, had an Italian background. And those likes back then of, you know, Man- Marius Trezor, Manuel Amoros. I mean, this is way before me, yeah. obviously, but it, it, it's always been this way. I mean, even the racism surrounding today, it's just, you know, it, it's just so frustratingly overwhelming for me because I'm always defending the players and saying, no, these guys are French. It doesn't matter what they look oh. like. They're Frenchmen. <laughs> I really like that you talk about it because it's also something who makes me crazy. <laughs> When people come to me and say, hey, your team is not a French team. Your team is a, an African team. Or, you know, uh, people like to point that people have colors. And it's something that really bothers me because uh, they, people don't understand that, yeah, maybe they have a color, but they, they are maybe born in France. Or they learn in the French academy, you know, a soccer academy. Uh, they know maybe only France. Even if they have, you know, they have maybe uh, some some backgrounds. Uh, we don't know where really they 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 come from, but <laughs> they are they are French, and it's what matters. And people sometimes just stop by looking at the color and they start thinking, oh, uh, yeah, okay, they are using uh, black players or whatever colors you want. Uh, so they may not be French, but yeah, they actually are, and it's something who makes me really upset. Uh, and sometimes, you know, the people, um, you know, people say, hey, you guys, whenever you want, uh, you say they are French, but when they are not doing well, you say they are not French, but I'm not like that. Oh, you know, I, if they lose I. or they win, oh, yeah, yeah, no, never, never, never for me. And I believe it's because I'm from the, this uh, generation when the World Cup happened in uh, 1998, I was nine years old. So for me... There is no difference between colors, uh, religions. Uh, uh, you know, we are all <laughs> like I like to say, brothers and sisters, and uh, and uh, yeah, we have to support them the same way, and we don't need to look at their backgrounds. If they want to represent France, and if they are French, if they have uh, you know an history with France, uh, it's fine with me. They still represent France, and they are going to do the best they can to represent the country. I, I love the way how you're just saying everything. I mean, it, you know, it, it means a lot because, you know, France is not the only national team, you know, with this kind of situation. I mean, look at England. I, England's got a lot of players with African roots, and, you know, and they have to suffer as well. But, you know, what I stress to the fact, like, when I, when I see all these racist people, like, say things like that, you know, I, I, I just tell them, well, you know what? I mean, the, the, the fact the fact of the matter is it's just because they, they, li- they live in such a deluded like mentality, I'm, a, I'm just like you know, for you to just call them Africans like that—that's just blatant ignorance. I mean, it's 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 just not right to say. I mean, it doesn't matter what they look like; they were born in France. I mean, their parents obviously immigrated, oh, yeah. but and and some people even say like the French fo- the French nation only gives those players citizenship so they can't play for France. Like, well, it doesn't just work like that. Like, these players have to meet these specific 
requirements to officially become French citizens. I mean, FIFA, I mean, FIFA has to follow a specific set of rules when it comes to these. You know, they have to they have to, I say, cooperate with the country's immigration laws. So, oh yeah, they have to follow the rules. They have to be a good citizen. And you know, it's the same as us. You know, right now we are American citizens, even if you are, for example. Originally from Syria, I'm from France, but I'm actually trying to be a good American citizen, you know, follow the rules, being a good person, uh, helping anybody, uh, you know, um, and it's the same for anybody, you know, you, you cannot judge because somebody has an accent or has a different color than you or, uh, yeah, so that's why I'm even more proud of our team because they 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 look like you know uh what's happening in the world we are all mixed we are all uh, you know everywhere and it's the best i i can see on my side it's the best way to uh, appreciate each other and uh, understand each other you know francis the french national team is always going to be a team of players from different backgrounds and what i love is just you know they have a brotherhood i mean they trust one another they get along well they they play with each other well I mean, Didier Deschamps, the way he has the whole thing set up, I mean, Didier Deschamps is such a great manager. And we're going to get to Deschamps uh, uh, soon, but, you know, when France, you know, winning the Euro in 2000, I mean, France was just such on top of the world. And obviously, in 2002 at all, I mean, 2002 was just so painful because the dominance of the French national team came to a crashing and it just hit the wall and, and I mean, we, we just weren't, we weren't really good anymore. I mean, 2002 oh, is, yeah. is a very painful memory. We lost to Senegal in the opening game. You know, we we we, oh, yeah. we didn't even score a goal that tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember very well. So it was <laughs> it's not a good memory. Uh, I I think we were not prepared to have uh, this competition this way. Uh, you know, after winning the World Cup and the European Cup in 2000, you know, it was a shock for. I believe the whole country, uh, because we still had pretty much the same players. You know, we had some few new players, but uh, you know the, the main uh, the main team was made by players from 2098, and uh, yeah, we we couldn't believe what was happening. You know, uh, it was unbelievable uh, when we see the players. You know, we had uh, they all play in the right, like the best teams uh, in Europe. Uh, in the world, uh, yeah, I, I still try to 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 figure out what happened, but yeah, it's 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 sad. Well, Zidane did have the injury right before we started, but we still could have won without without Zizou. But like you said, we we weren't prepared. The team was not prepared, and to be honest, the team was pretty arrogant. But you know, yeah. But you know, after two thousand two, two thousand four, the team kind of kind of got back together a little, like picked it up again. I mean, Euro 2004, I mean, we had a pretty loaded team and a team that looked pretty good, but when we lost in the quarterfinals to Greece, you know, we were just right back, we just fell right back down. And then after that, Zinedine Zidane, Lilian Thuram, they both announced the retirement from the international team. And then during the, yeah. World, the World Cup qualifying phase of the 2006 World Cup, I mean, France was just was struggling. And Raymond Domenech, who was the manager at the time, had to convince these players, like from the previous golden generation, to come out of retirement to help France. I mean, including Zizou, Claude Makaleli, Lilian Thuram. I mean, they all came back, and France was able to qualify. Yeah, 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 yeah. We went through a lot. <laughs> we went through uh, the best and the worst. 
bon, I, I, I cannot really say the worst because you know you can do uh, you can do worse than what we did, but but yeah, yeah, we, we went through a lot. Uh, actually, you know, in 2016, um, if if uh, yeah, if I'm correct, yeah, it's when we went to the final against Portugal, right? Yeah, and we didn't win. Yeah, no. Yeah, we didn't win. So at this time, I was uh, still in France. I was I was gonna move a few months later to uh, America, and uh, yeah, we didn't win. Uh, but I, I uh, you know, we were not like amazing. Uh, we didn't play like very very well, like we did in '98 or in 2000. But it was kind of special because it was again in France, and uh, we still had a, a few good games. Uh, yeah, it's still a good memory. Even if I think we we were supposed to win this final, we played better than Portugal. But you know, I I I, I believe. I don't know if you think the same, but I think when Cristiano Ronaldo uh, left his teammates on the field, they got more motivated. Oh, they did. Because yeah, they knew. Time. Yeah, yeah, they knew that they didn't have the you know the main player with them, and they didn't want to disappoint him, and they did the job. So congrats to them. <laughs> yes, they did, and and you know when I talk about the 2006 World Cup, I mean you know, obviously in the group stage, I mean France was pretty awful in the group stage, but but then when they get to the knockout stage, that's where France all of a sudden starts showing signs of their old old self, like knocked out Spain in the round of 16 after Spain was you know heavily favored to beat us, and then we go to the quarterfinals, we not only beat Brazil, but I mean that was the game where Zizou single-handedly destroyed the entire Brazilian team. I mean, remember that game uh, when Zidu was just literally dribbling the ball around? I mean, overwhelming the Brazilian oh, yeah. midfield and the defense. And when yeah, yeah. that play, when Thierry Henry scored, I mean, I remember that play. Thierry Henry was untouched because uh, the Brazilian defender, Roberto Carlos, I, I saw the replay. He was actually tying his shoe during the free kick. And then Thierry Henry just basically went free and then just, Kick the ball and boom! I mean, that was that was beautiful. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, un- it's unfortunate what happened in the final. I mean, even to, even to this day, it hurts me because you know Zizou is my hero. He was my hero when I was a kid. He's still my hero today. And when everybody oh, yeah, everybody gives me a hard time saying you know he let Maderazzi get in his head, and I just tell people oh. do not mention that name in front of me because <laughs> I will never forgive that man for dis- for disrespecting my hero. Oh yeah, you know, I think exactly like you. <laughs> I I already told you when we talked before uh, this podcast. Uh, uh, you know, uh, it's it's bad to say that, but I was kind of hating hating uh, Materazzi for what he did. Um, I mean, I was y- telling- yeah, when you see, yeah, you, you know, when you when you we were watching the game on TV. Yeah, people can see only what Zidane did, but uh, you know, we know Zidane. We know how he is. We know how humble he is, how calm he can be. And in France, we knew that if he did that, if he did it, it's because Materazzi did something or said something really bad to him because I never saw Zinedine Zidane, uh, you know, uh, acting like that and doing this kind of stuff. So when he did it, we were all for Zidane. We knew that Zidane is not the kind of player who who is going to try to hit somebody uh, beat up somebody so yeah so but yeah yeah he, you know when this happened we were like oh my god we are gonna lose uh the final 
Well, it's, I really don't believe that Zidane sent off kind of cost us the final. I mean, we lost in a penalty shootout. A penalty yeah. shootout, it goes either way. I mean, Devi Trezeguet, when he missed his penalty, I kind of felt like, well, that that's basically the end of it. I mean, Fab- yeah. Fabian Barthez was just so overwhelmed. I mean, you know, because, you know, when you're in a penalty shootout, you know, it, it's on the it, the goalkeeper has, like, the, the toughest job in the world. I mean, regardless, I mean, the goalkeeping job is honestly the, the toughest because you don't know which way the balls are going. I mean, you know, you have a lot of on, on your shoulders. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of 50-50, but uh, yeah, you are right. You know, Trezeguet is not the kind of uh, striker who is going to miss a penalty. Uh, you know, I'm sure he did uh, during his career, but he didn't do it. You know, it, it didn't happen often. And when you are in this kind of game uh, with, with so many people watching you, you know, uh, I'm pretty sure if it was in 2000 or 98, he, 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 he wouldn't miss it. I mean... It's ironic because David Trezeguet was the hero in, in the 2000 World Cup final. Oh yeah, 2000. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember like it was yesterday. I was um, in front of the TV watching the game with my brother, uh, my parents, and when he scored, it was like wow! It was like fireworks <laughs> in the house. We were so happy. We couldn't believe it. I was I was about to uh, to uh, to cry because we were losing. And, uh, you know, it was pretty much the end of the game. So I, I kind of lost uh, hope uh, in this game. So, yeah, I was, I was kind of, okay, so I, I need, to, I need to, um, to, to get that. It's not going to be for us tonight. And he scored and lied. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. Well, One of the best feelings. <laughs> I mean, well, that particular game, keep in mind, Italy was probably about five seconds from winning the game, and then Sylvain Wiltor actually scored the equalizer. David Trezeguet scored the golden goal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, st- but still, right, I mean, yeah. but still, I mean, five seconds away from loss, and then, and then you know, we have one more shot of making a play, and Sylvain Wiltor just, yeah. just unbelievable. Like that, the way the ball went right under the goalkeeper, just unbelievable. Like, holy crap. And <laughs> with five seconds left to play. Yeah, yeah, and actually, you know, it was so tough to to score uh, at the end of the game before. Uh, how do you say prolongation? We. Oui. Yeah, you guys. Uh, we say a prolongation as well in English. Well, in in in, in English, we just say uh, regular time. Oh, or or regu- okay, okay. regulation. Oh, okay, perfect. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. When he scored, uh, it was like yeah, like I was saying, I, I couldn't believe it. I thought we are gonna lose, and when Trezeguet. Uh, scored oh my god just like you said he went so fast i wasn't sure it was inside you know i thought it was he went maybe uh too high uh, i couldn't believe it and uh, you know at this time when we uh when we were at one 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 to one um you know the game could go on one side or the other side we yeah i we, i believe the team was kind of uh, you know excited and uh uh, optimistic because we just uh, scored, but you know, with the Italian team, you, you never know. I mean, it's very difficult to score against an Italian national team, and because Italy is known for having an iron rock solid defense. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So it was always very complicated to play against them. Even now, they are really good in defense, and you know, uh, well, I, I don't want to say anything bad against this team. I think they are really smart, but. The way they play, they you know they kind of make you uh, sometimes uh, 
uh, angry or you know uh, they try to push you a little bit you know uh, to do something wrong or to miss your shoot or you know they, they are really good the way they play in defense and uh, sometimes it can be very uh, frustrating exactly and, we, and you know that that's what happened with Zizou but but after the I mean you know the 2010 World Cup was just an absolute disaster I mean it was honestly worse than what happened in 2002 I mean France didn't deserve to be in the World Cup in 2010 if you ask me France didn't deserve to be there yeah I, I don't you know it's been uh, yeah, it's like 11 years ago I don't know how we were doing before the competition to get there I I, I, I I don't remember much if we did uh, good games to be qualified. Well, I don't remember exactly how we did in qualifying. I mean, those, yeah. We didn't win the group because we, we had to go to the playoff game against the, the Republic, Republic of Ireland. And in the second yeah. leg, Thierry Henry, you know, committed a handball before, I think it was a... Oh, yeah. I think it was Anelka. And then before, right before Anelka scored the game-winning goal that put France into the final, so... Oh, yeah, yeah, and then, of course, yeah. there was the incident between uh, Nicolas Anelka and Raymond Domenech. You know, oh, my God. Yeah. This was, a, <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Uh, we, we, yeah, it was, it was not a good idea to go there. <laughs> to go there. We, were, we couldn't believe it in France. We, we couldn't believe what was happening. We didn't understand because the players were so, so far away and, you know, uh, you know, they try to protect themselves from the journalists and, you know, uh, the news. So we didn't really know what was happening. We we knew there was an issue with Dominic, but uh, we tried to figure out, uh, you know, what's wrong. And, uh, yeah, it's been a, it was a really complicated situation. And, uh, you know, uh, again, we have we had a, such a good team, such good players, uh, so we were all thinking that the problem may be Dominic and his staff, but but in the same time we know the personalities of a few players like Anelka, like Ribery. Uh, uh, as, at this time, if I if I'm not wrong, uh, we had also Nasri. Um, we had also yeah uh, Ribery. So yeah, so a lot of uh, players with uh, with a big personality, you know. Uh, so he couldn't work or he couldn't and actually he didn't work yeah when you see in the group we were in the group a if i remember and yeah. we did we lost we lost 2-0 against mexico mm-hmm. that was uh, wow this was was it was a shock and uh, i really like the mexican team you know i follow them but at this time with the players we had we, we didn't uh, we for me it's a, it's a professional mistake we 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 had to win this game and even more against south africa we lost 2-1 if if i'm not wrong and uh, yeah, and uh, this right. game and yeah and perfect so this game same it we, we were supposed to win mexico and south africa uh, uruguay was supposed to be a little bit more complicated because at this time if i'm not wrong again they used to have Forlan and Suarez. Diego Forlan was basically uh, their captain. I mean, he he ended up being the player of the tournament. You know, at, at the time, yeah. Luis Suarez and uh, Edinson Cavani. I mean, they were both like they were both young oh, yeah. guys. They were there. At, uh, Cavani was twenty three years old at the time. Yep. Yeah. But can you believe it? Suarez, uh, Forlan, uh, Cavani. Wow, it's such an amazing. Uh, uh, 
uh, uh, amazing uh, striker. So yeah, yeah. So you know when we did zero zero against Uruguay, uh, it was the first uh, first game of the competition. We were like, okay, we are satisfied. It's still Uruguay. They still have good players, uh, but we are going to win the next two games. And you know, game after game, we we couldn't we couldn't believe we are losing two zero and two one, and we are just out. <laughs> of the competition it was such a such a bad time for us and for the french national team it was horrible because you know remember uh, there was that uh was that, there was a boycott the french not the french players refused to practice like they boycotted practice because of the whole thing with they were upset because nicolas anelka was expelled like he was sent back home after that confrontation with raymond domenech i mean if, yeah. I, if I remember correctly it got so bad i, I think nicolas anelka said something uh he said, va te faire foutre to Raymond Domenech. I mean, it, it got that bad. And for those of you wondering, va te faire foutre means go fuck yourself. So, Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, again, at this time, we were thinking, okay, you know, uh, on my side, I would say, first, I don't judge people until I really know what happened. Uh, so I don't really trust uh, journalists and the uh, news. So I, I had two options. I, well, I was thinking maybe Anelka really messed up the team inside inside the team i don't know something happened something wrong with him or it can be dominic uh after when you when you you know uh, after a few years and now that we know everything uh it looks like and again i was not in the team so i don't want to be, be uh, the guy who is gonna say yeah it's dominic or yeah it's anelka but it looks like it's it was uh, the staff and uh dominic fought for for what happened yeah the players just tried to uh to be uh you know on Anelka's side because they didn't want him to leave and they didn't think it's fair for Anelka to leave the French national team uh yeah plus uh you know I don't know if you watch uh, the documentary about Anelka on uh, on Netflix need, uh, there are there are a few Oh, you should. Uh, yeah, you really should because they talk about this time. So you can hear, you can hear the Anelka, you know, point of view. Uh, you you can uh, kind of see what what he thinks about it, and uh, and um, yeah, he, he, he was really disappointed. He didn't want to leave the French national team, and he didn't think that it was fair for him. Uh, plus, it it looks like um, the team didn't really agree with what Dominic. Uh, uh, was trying to teach them, you know, when they have trainings. Uh, they, they were not really on the same page, you know, the staff, Domenech, and the teams. They were, like, really in the opposite side. So he couldn't work, yeah. He couldn't work, and uh, I think Domenech was not the right person to coach the team at this time. But this is just my, you know, what I think. <laughs> well, you're absolutely right. Vous avez tout à fait raison, mon ami. The problem, the problem is, um, Raymond Domenech, after France fell apart in the 2008 Euro, even Zinedine Zidane was quoted as saying that Domenech had lost control of the national team. So in my honest opinion, Raymond Domenech should have been relieved after Euro 2008. But the French Football Federation did not do that, okay? The players were already coming to the point where they were no longer trusting Domenech. And in the, in the case of the French uh, national team, if the players do not trust the manager, then all hell's going to break loose. And it finally broke, you know, in the 2010 World Cup. It, like you said, like, we don't know what happened between Raymond Domenech and Nicolas Anelka. Obviously, they had a confrontation. You know, of course, some journalists are going to say Nicolas Anelka 
disrespected him. Some others are going to say Raymond Dominic got in his face. I don't know who's right or wrong. I mean, like you said, I have to watch the documentary. And, and uh, our good friend uh, Steve Adams actually told me about the documentary. I'm sure he's watched it. And, you know, I told him, right. well, I told him, well, this is, that documentary is probably the answer that I'm looking for because I'm a journalist myself. I'm not just going to throw something out there if I don't know the whole story. Because we got to keep in mind, there's two sides of the story. I need to know both perspectives. I got to hear it from Raymond Domenech and Nicholas Anelka. Okay, I can't. I can't just assume anything. I mean, if, if I'm assuming something, you know, people are not no. going to take me seriously. I mean, I can't just give people what I like to call a dead end story. Like you, we want to give them the whole thing. But whatever happened, happened. France got knocked out of the tournament. I mean, when they went home, I mean, they faced massive criticism from the French media. Okay, the French national team lost the respect and the support of France. They had to re-earn all that, okay? And, oh, yeah. And then when, uh, and then Romeo Domenech, obviously, he, like, I don't know if he was sacked or if he voluntarily uh, resigned from the net, from the team, but either way, you know, he was he was no longer in charge, and that, that was the first step. And then Laurent Blanc came, but that really didn't, I mean, France kind of got back on its feet and, under the leadership of Laurent Blanc, but France was yeah. still was still not in their form. And after Euro 2012, after we lost to Spain in the quarterfinals, you know, Laurent Blanc resigned, and then and then they they really had to find somebody that was suitable, and that's when we that that's when Didi Deschamps arrived on the team. And I honestly believe when Didi Deschamps arrived on the national team, I was certain that there's going to be a lot of changes now. Oh yeah 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 yeah, but you know yeah uh, I think uh, yeah I think Didi Deschamps is actually uh, the right person right now. Uh, if we talk about coach, uh, you know, uh, I think the next one should be uh, Zinedine Zidane. But yeah, right now is really look what he did. We did the final of the European Cup in 2016. Uh, we won the World Cup in 2018. Uh, we finished pretty well in our group for the qualification of European Cup. Uh, so yeah, yeah, uh, I think we can uh, we can have uh, even more success uh, in the future. We don't know how many times uh, Didier Deschamps is gonna stay, but uh, I think right now he's the right person. He, he, he put you know the French national team back on its feet. Uh, so yeah, I, I wish him a, a, a lot of luck. Uh, I was not really a fan of uh, Laurent Blanc. He, he had he still had uh, you know a lot of success, but like you said, it was not really like you know he used to be. He, he did. A, he still did a good job because going after Dominic, I think it it was not easy. So he, he took a risk and he did it well. Not very well, but he did it well. But yeah, uh, I think it was uh, the perfect uh, choice to get Didier Deschamps after Laurent Blanc, uh, to to coach. Uh, you know, to coach who used to be players in '98, 2000. So they have a lot of experience, and uh, the young players respect uh, them. So yeah, we will see. Didi Deschamps has the habit of letting the players play in a way that they feel comfortable. And Didi Deschamps utilizes that particular strategy because he used to be a player himself. I mean, Didi Deschamps was actually one of the greatest defensive midfielders from his time. People still refuse to give him credit for that. (laughs) You know, know, and I'm going to be honest, my dad is not a fan of Didi Deschamps whatsoever. Okay, he, he, even go back to his playing days, my dad honestly believes that Titi Deschamps was never a good player. We gotta understand, I mean, I understand, okay, I mean, my dad loves Eric Antona, 
okay? And my dad is a huge fan of Kareem Benzema. I mean, I'm a fan of Benzema, but... And, and, and this is the best part of the episode. I mean, we're really going to have to get into this deep because now that we got two French dudes talking, I mean, now we, we really got to know it. But, you know, look, Dishaw is definitely a conservative. He has conservative strategies, but understand, like, he captained the national team to the title, okay, to a World Cup title. He knows what it takes to win the title. He's won the Champions League twice, once with Juventus and one time with Marseille. Yep, correct. Yeah, you know, you know, it's funny because even in Marseille, he used to be a player for Marseille. He used to be, he won the, like you said, the Champions League. Uh, he used to be our coach. Uh, he won the French League in 2010 with Marseille. And people don't respect him as much as they do for other players from the 90s or uh, for Cantona, I, I believe, and for, uh, you know, um, Zinedine Zidane. Yeah, Zinedine Zidane is more respected in Marseille, of course, because he has an amazing career and he won everything, but he didn't even play for Marseille. Uh, he didn't win anything with Marseille, but he, he still has more respect than Deschamps. And, you know, Deschamps is a, the only coach who won uh, the the French league, you know, uh, since the 90s. So between the 90s and 2010, Marseille didn't win anything. Deschamps came, we finished champ- champion. We won even the um, um, uh, Coupe de la Ligue. It's like uh, like the FA Cup for for English uh, mm-hmm. for, for the English league. Yeah. So he came maybe like. I don't know, 20 years later, and he's the only one who was able to win something at this time. And people still don't respect him as much. And it's the same with the French national team. You know, basically, what you're saying is Didier Deschamps made a difference for Marseille as a player and as the manager. Is that what you're saying? Exactly, yeah, yeah. You know, I I, I think that Didier Deschamps, uh, you could put him in any team, he was able to help so much the team that the team could win something. Yeah, I understand that, you know, he's not really, uh, uh, you know, he's not the kind of player that maybe you love to see, uh, to watch playing because, you know, he's not like Zidane. He's not going to do like some technique, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, uh, he's not going to score uh, a lot of goals. But in the midfield, you need to see his passes. You need to see how he can see the game, how he can see... Uh, the other team, uh, and he's always motivating uh, uh, his teammates. He's always talking on the field. He's like the boss, you know, in the team. Eleven players, he's a boss. Yeah, and you know, also, you know, when you see him, he's kind of, he's not tall. He's kind of small. He's not like, you know, uh, like very athletic, but he's still the boss. He makes sure everybody is doing his job, and when somebody is messing up something he's gonna tell uh his teammate you know uh and i think people don't see this way you know they want to see goals they want to see like you know amazing uh, stuff on the field but sometimes the simple stuff are better than the amazing stuff that you want to see exactly and you know you mentioned well of course Didier Deschamps was not known for scoring goals i mean he was a midfielder and he was yep. very, very good with the, on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, Zinedine Zidane was amazing at both defense and the attack. But, you know, so, some midfielders are just very good at, you know, playing defense, taking the ball away, 
you know, creating some scoring chances. I mean, that's what a midfielder does. That's why Didi Deschamps didn't score goals. I mean, his job was not to score goals. It was mainly to score, to create scoring chances, okay? And, yep. and keep in mind, uh, the whole thing with, with Didi Deschamps and Eric Cantona, it goes long before 2016. It goes way, it goes during the time when these dudes were young and playing for Marseille. These guys were never friends. Like, one time, I mean, one time, Eric Cantona described Didi Deschamps as, quote, the water carrier of, of of the French national team or whatever team whatever club he played for. So and which brings me to the point because in 2016, prior to the European uh, European title that took place in France, when the list came out, a certain name was not on that list, and that name was Karim Benzema. Yes. And, and from that moment on, Didier Deschamps faced a massive amount of criticism. Not only from the French uh, media, but from Eric Cantona himself. And uh, of course, Cantona has to take it as far as saying Didier Deschamps is a, is a racist, okay? And looking at it today, yeah. the whole thing is absolute bullshit, okay? And how ironic it is, oh, yeah. how ironic it is for Eric Cantona to attack Didier Deschamps, okay? Because the whole the, the thing with Karim Benzema being omitted, is this, it's the same scenario as Eric Cantona, okay? I would tell Eric Cantona, well, just like you... Karim Benzema messed up, okay? Karim Benzema oh, yeah. allegedly attempted to blackmail and extort his national teammate over a sex tape, okay? That is not cool. You do not act like that towards a, a freaking teammate, especially an international teammate, okay? When you're representing France, there's a camaraderie on the team. There's a freaking harmony vibe on the team. Like, these dudes are... Th there's a brotherhood, okay? It's a brotherhood. Oh, yeah. And... and in, in, in the case, you know, of course, you know, when Eric Cantona, you know, that kicking incident, uh, when he was playing for Manchester United, he was stripped of his captaincy rank for France. And then Didier Deschamps became the captain. And then Deschamps went on to captain France the World Cup, to a World Cup title. Okay. It, it, I mean, yeah. if I didn't know any better, honestly, at the end of the day, Eric Cantona is honestly just, je he's jealous of Deschamps. I mean, I'm going to take it as far as And I have the evidence <laughs> to back it up. Okay. And the evidence is pretty simple because... <laughs> Cantona never really won anything compared to Didier Deschamps. I mean, yes, Cantona did win a couple of English Premier League titles. I will give him that. But compared to Didier Deschamps, it's nothing. I mean, Didier Deschamps won the Champions League twice, okay? Won numerous titles yeah. for Marseille. You know, won so much hardware, okay? And, of course, he went on to captain the French national team to a World Cup title and a European Cup title, okay? Look... Eric Cantona, oh, yeah. you, you, Cantona messed up, okay? Didi Deschamps was appointed captain, but it's not like Didi Deschamps had anything to do with what, what happened at Cantona, okay? Deschamps had the opportunity, he took it, and it worked out, okay? And even today, people are still saying Didi Deschamps is racist for omitting Karim Benzema. In my opinion, Anthony, is one of the stupidest things to say. C'est des conneries de dire que Didi Deschamps est racist. I mean, ça sert à rien, c'est des conneries. Oh, oui. Oui, oui, je suis d'accord avec toi. I mean... <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I think, you know, uh, you know, there is a documentary about Didier Deschamps. Uh, you can watch it. Uh, it's, it's on YouTube. It's about uh, 50 minutes. And a lot of players talk about him. And what players said, and uh, only, not only players, even uh, some coach and uh, staff talk about Deschamps. Deschamps, when he was playing... Uh, at uh, Nantes, you know, he, he came from Nantes. And when, when he was playing there, he was super young. But at this time, they already knew that one day he will be captain of a team. Because even when he was 20 years old, he knew how to talk to his teammates. He knew how to have respect from his teammates. 
uh, and yeah, and like you said, you know, uh, Cantona is very different than uh, than Didier Deschamps. He, he couldn't, he couldn't never, uh, he couldn't be uh, the coach of the French national team. He couldn't even really take care of his teammates. You know, he was kind of. Uh, he was a striker again. He was one of the best players, maybe for Manchester United. But what 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 did he do really in his career? Yeah, he scored a lot. Uh, he won maybe uh, two uh, two uh, trophies with uh, with Manchester United, but he didn't do much. We don't know really uh, Cantona as a good player, even for the French national team. He was uh, he was he was uh, he was okay, but he didn't do anything amazing with the French national team. And he was never. Uh, enough serious to, to to you know to to really bring the team with him to win something yeah so you know when uh, when Cantona said that about Didier Deschamps again I don't know everything so I don't want to judge but uh, I believe at this time for the 2016 uh, Cantona needed to to give his support to Didier Deschamps because Didier Deschamps is having so much pressure for everybody from the news, from the journalists, everybody talking about Benzema, Benzema saying stuff, you know, uh, in the news or on social media uh, to put more fire. <laughs> um, and I believe, you know, when you are Gary Cantona, um, when you have your experience, when you have pretty much the same age as Didier Deschamps, you need to, you need to think before talking and, you know, uh, trying to, to create even more a big deal, and you should give more your, you, you know, you should, you should, yeah, I don't know, you should talk to Didier Deschamps before talking, uh, you know, and saying something. Talk to Didier Deschamps, I'm sure they, they know each other and they, they know how to communicate, but you shouldn't say that in the news. Oh, Cantona and Deschamps know each other very well. I mean, I, I even asked one oh, time, yeah. I even asked Steve one time, do you believe that one day Eric Cantona and Didier Deschamps will reconcile and be friends? And he says, there's no way. And again, I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, keep in mind again, you know, the the personal animosity between the two it, it goes back to when they were young guys. I mean, it's been like that since probably nineteen, like since probably nineteen ninety, when these two dudes were getting started on the French national team. But yes, you're absolutely yeah. right. Look, it came at first. It didn't come to light why Benzema was was omitted. It it just seemed like he was just omitted like that. It was actually it was a few months later that the the reports were surfaced that Benzema had allegedly blackmailed and tried to extort his teammate. So at first, oh, yeah. and of course, at the time, Deschamps could not. Did why do you think Deschamps did not say it at first? Why he why he omitted him because he wasn't sure. It's just like you explained, Anthony. You want to be sure before you tell the media. I mean, again, yeah, Didier Deschamps has to face all the pressure from the media. I mean, his job is tough because when it comes to the French Football Federation, there are so many young, talented players to pick. Okay. It's, I mean, yep. the youth system, the academies, they, I mean, at Clairefontaine, so much young talent is being developed as we speak, okay? The French Football Federation oh, yeah. is always going to have one of the most, is always going to be w- one of the best federations out there, develop, developing young talent, okay? And at first, I was actually upset that Karim Benzema wasn't on the team, because Benzema was obviously our best player, in my opinion. I mean, I'm, I am a fan of Benzema, and to clarify it, I am a huge fan of Karim Benzema. He's one of my favorite, he's, no. he's got, I mean, aside from Zizou, He's probably my favorite Real Real Madrid player of all time, but understand this: look, it has he was not omitted because of his Algerian ancestry. Okay, and again, to say yeah. that Didier Deschamps is racist is one of the stupidest things to say because if Didier Deschamps was in fact racist, Paul Pogba, N'Golo Kanté, Kylian Mbappe, Samuel Umtiti, 
all those guys, they wouldn't even be on the team if he was racist. Oh yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's right. You know, you know, Deschamps played with so many people, uh, so many players. Sorry about different nationalities and colors and whatever, and we never saw anything like that. So I I don't know why we blame him, and we we start saying he's a racist or uh, he's doing racism. Uh, for me, I could I, I couldn't believe it, and I didn't even listen to people or or social media about it because it's not possible. Didier Deschamps used to be so good with Desailly, Thuram, uh, all, the, all the players uh, in the French national team. He never had any issue with anybody. We never heard anything about that. And because he doesn't get, he doesn't um, shows Benzema is now the bad guy. No, it's not right. You know, when you when you are uh, the coach for the French national team, you have to make choices. You have only, uh, for example, for the World Cup, you can on, only select 23 people. We have the chance to be able to select maybe 50 people, but you have to make a choice. And even in the 2016, uh, sorry, uh, I would say half of the team or even more, uh, were, were people from different uh, cultures, country, uh, originally, because of course they are French. But I mean, if he was really racist, why did he take uh, so many people from different colors and, uh, and uh, yeah. So, yeah, it, it doesn't make sense. And, uh, you know, at this time, I didn't listen to anything. I just wanted to um, to uh, to support uh, Deschamps. And, you know, like we say, like we say, uh, you, you, you always uh, calculate and judge after the competition. Exactly. I, I don't know why, why you want to tell you want to tell that the coach is bad and he's not a good coach. If he didn't even start, just wait. If he did, if he if he does a mistake. If he doesn't do a good competition, if he's messing up something, we will see it. And if we see it, we will be able to say something, you know. You, you, you always have to react after. The problem is, you know, football is such uh, a phenomenal sport. It's the number one in the world and it, it can be so exciting and uh, it can give so much, you know, so much, um, how can I say, uh, excitement around it that people react very strongly and very fast, very quick. And uh, this is not only with the French national team. It's uh, you know, it's football in general. People are always something something to say. They are always happy or unhappy or they don't understand why it's like that and it's not like that. You know, and it's the same with Benzema. Benzema is one of the best strikers, and I still think he will be great in the French national team. But right now, I believe Deschamps just found his team, and he knows that the players. Are you know uh, like again brothers like brothers? So uh, you don't want to bring people who maybe will break this uh, this uh, friendship and uh, you know this team. So plus, but right now it's not even you know the subject with what happened. I, it's impossible. Deschamps will call Benzema again because so many things happen, and I'm pretty sure you know we don't see Deschamps as a human, but he has a heart. And he has a family. And when you see people around saying bad stuff about him, uh, that he's a racist, he doesn't like, uh, you know, immigrants and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, if I was if I was Didier Deschamps, I will not call Benzema anymore, too, because I don't accept that somebody, you know, is going to tell me, oh, you don't like this guy because he's yellow, or oh, you don't like this one because he's gray, or, you know. Uh, I will never accept it, and I will be. I I I, I will react to the same as Didier Deschamps, and I'm pretty sure Didier Deschamps. Sometimes I'm sure he thinks, "My God, Benzema is a really good player." But with what he said about me, and what he what he did in you know in the media and social media, 
uh, I'm not gonna take him anymore. It's it's done, you know. Exactly, and you know, and I don't want to go. I I didn't want to go too deep with you know my dad's thoughts because you know my dad and I have we always debate this. You know the whole thing because I support Deshaun yeah. and everything, but you know. Look, I told my dad exactly everything I said. I said, Dad, to Deshaun, just putting him, you know, putting him as a quote a political guy, Dad, it doesn't make any sense. Again, all the players on the team, but understand this: the the, the problem was Benzema. That, that's why I say he allegedly blackmailed. He, I didn't say he did. I mean, allegedly means he supposedly did. I mean, we just don't know. But the the, the accusations yeah. were so heavily. But still, the fact that there's the allegation, I mean, it brings up drama. And, and Didier Deshaun can't have that kind of drama on the national team. But Keep in yeah. mind, like, well, I told my, well, I explained to my dad, like, dad, the problem is Benzema, sir, like, escalated the situation by accusing Deshaun being racist, just like Cantona. The situation oh, yeah. was escalated because of those two. Two do, okay, especially from one guy who's simply jealous of Deshaun, and then, which would be Cantona. I mean, I know that's my opinion, I'm, a, I'm not, I, I can't say this, but look, the fact that Cantona took it to great lengths to damage the reputation of Didier Deshaun. That that obviously proves to me that the Cantona is just bitter and, and, and just wants to like you know wants to hurt Deshaun. I mean yeah. I know that's extreme, but I'm sorry, but based on how the situation goes, that's the way it goes. I mean all the evidence is out there. I mean if you follow the French football and news like me, you follow the whole story, you know what I'm trying to say. Okay, look, yeah, I'm pretty sure that once the, if the whole thing had blown off, like if the whole thing had been resolved within a year. I have no doubt that Benzema would have been called back up to the national team. But because he had to stir the pot, he had to keep, you know, saying that, you know, he said that Deschamps bowed to the racist part of France. I mean, it, yeah. it, it again, the whole situation, the whole alleged blackmailing, that's Benzema's fault because he messed up. But Benzema messed up even more by making the situation worse. I mean, that, that's that's the way to cl- oh, yeah. close out that, that discussion. I mean, Benzema, I'm sorry, but like Eric Cantona, who's defending you, you messed up. Oh yeah, and you know the problem is, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. I agree with you. Uh, you know, even if you're Benzema and you play for Real Madrid and you are winning a lot of, uh, you know, competitions and uh, championships, you know, you need to respect your coach. I don't know, Didier Deschamps is like for for us is like a monument, you know, for for the French league, for for football in general, for the national team. Even as a coach, is right now I believe the, the best coach. Uh, in the world with what he's doing uh, so even if you are Benzema and you are not called by, by your coach you still you still need some respect I, I know people uh, not people players who are even better than Zidane but they used to to you know respect better their coaches and it, it was not Didier Deschamps but still you know you, you have to be smart and uh, you have to be careful the way you talked about your coach and even more on uh, in the media uh, yeah, for me, for me, you know, uh, if Benzema didn't do that uh, right now, he will be with the French national team. But when you when you you talk so dirty about your coach, how how do you want him to take you again? Exactly. It's done, you know. Exactly. If 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 if, if uh, Deschamps was uh, was the coach for Real Madrid right now, I, I can tell you. Uh, Benzema will not be playing for Real Madrid anymore. They will, he will already decide to sell the player, you know, because you don't want to not have somebody in your team like that who can talk so bad about you and say, you know, um, uh, lies. Well said, well said, Anthony. Très bien, très bien. Merci. And, and the last thing I'm, I'm going to say, as far as Deschamps goes, I mean, the reason why, and, 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 and you know, 
my and I and I'm I'm sorry, but I gotta say, but my dad honestly believes that Deshaun was lucky to win the World Cup because the players are so good. I'm like, okay, that's another thing that doesn't make sense because in if you have a yes, my dad's absolutely right about one thing. My dad's right about the fact that Deshaun does in fact have some of the greatest players in the world. But here's the key: the question is, does Deshaun know how to utilize the the players? Does he know how to build the right formation? Because if you have all the best players in the world, if you don't know how to use them, you're not gonna win the World Cup. It takes a certain amount of knowledge. It takes intelligence. It takes experience. Remember, Deshaun captained the national team. He knew, he, and he, the way he played, he knows how to put players together. He studies his players, okay? Like, that's why, that, that's why he, he utilized a scheme in the World Cup in 2018. He always used a four-defender set because it works well because you have Pavard, Hernandez, you know, two dudes who are very, very young. You know, and, and Bajram, and Bajram Pavard, I mean, this dude is is so underrated. I mean, I was even I was even thrilled that he was on the team because I didn't think he had a, he, he had he had the experience. But but then again, I'm like, you know, Deshaun obviously knows what he's doing, so you know, I'm gonna have to stick with that. I mean, like you said, we oh, yeah. we, we judge later. We don't judge yet. We judge later. Okay, and that, that turned out to be well. So I mean, let's keep in mind, Didier Deshaun is one of only three guys to win the World Cup as a player and as a coach. Yes. Exactly, yeah. And this, you know, we are very proud of it. And again, that's why I even, you know, don't understand how people, how he can be uh, still, you know, uh, not really, uh, you know, appreciated by 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 everybody. Because he's, like you said, in the third, only people who won the Champions League as a player and as a coach. Plus, he won the, he won the, the, the World Cup, the second stars on our jersey <laughs> yeah. plus he did a final of european cup it's 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 almost perfect you know it's almost perfect i, I don't know but you know uh, like you said he knows how how to put the players together this is what he's good at and that's why we won look even rami rami didn't play <laughs> pretty much any games and he was still so happy to be part of this team and you know, and I think it was really smart uh, from Didier Deschamps to take Rami because Didier Deschamps already knew that he will not play a lot and Rami pretty much knew already. But he needs some personalities, you know, to build the team, to make sure there is, uh, you know, uh, the players have a good time, uh, you know, they are enjoying what uh, what they are experiencing because it's a lot of pressure, a lot of stress. Uh and uh, yeah, he, he really knows how to put players. I think, you know, when we checked the team in 2012, we still had amazing players. Huh? When, I, when I checked at the list, we had Hugo Loris, we had Lassana Diara, this time he was amazing. We had uh, Florent Malouda, uh, Matuidi, uh, Sahar, Abidal, uh, Karim Benzema. Uh, we had uh, Philippe Mexes, uh, Sam, Samir Nasri, Kabay, Giroud, Evra. Uh, Frank Ribéry, Mandanda, so we, we still had uh, amazing players, but if you look at this team now that I'm looking, I'm thinking, my God, they are such different people with different personalities and some people with really strong personalities. And if in a, in a team you have a, like five or six people who can, you know, not be serious all the time and sometimes, you know, not being focused about what they have to do, it can mess up your team. And when I look at this team, just quickly, because I know uh, we, we we already talked about 2012, but we had a Ribéry, Evra, big personality. We know how they are in the, on, on, in the media, you know. Uh, Samir Nasri, 
Um, I see we have uh, Karim Benzema, of course. Uh, Johan Gourcuff. Uh, we have, a, yeah, we have a lot of people with a big personalities, and I believe the team, the way the team was made, yes, they are all good players, but it was hard to go far away in this competition because Domenech didn't know how to build the team. You mean Blanc? Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's all. It's all. It's all right. I mean, I mean, uh, you're just you're just so overwhelmed right now with all the, with all the talent. And, and yeah, you're right. Yeah, Adil Rami. <laughs> yeah, obviously he didn't. He was a, a reserve player, and he didn't he didn't actually play at all. But Didier Deschamps, nope. I th- honestly believe Didier Deschamps brought him on the team because Deschamps told him, "Well, you're probably not gonna play, but your experience, your leadership, the players are gonna need it." That's why Olivier Giroud. In my opinion, even though Olivier Giroud didn't score a goal, dude, if it wasn't for Olivier Giroud, the French team could not score goals. Olivier Giroud is a leader, okay? And in my opinion, Olivier Giroud is the most underrated French footballer in history. Yep. And then not long, <laughs> I agree. And not yeah. long ago, Benzema says, you know, remember when Benzema said you can't compare a Ferrari to a, or a Formula One car to a go-kart or something like that? You remember that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course I remember. And again, some things, you know, it's a bit... <laughs> he didn't have to say that, you know. What are you doing? He used to be your teammate in the French national team, and now you're talking bad about him. You know, uh, exactly. how, how can... And that's why that's why even more, Didier Deschamps cannot call back Benzema. Because if Benzema is able to talk about Giroud the way he did uh, and talk about uh, Deschamps the way he did... How can you take somebody like that? You don't know what's going to happen in the future. You don't know who is going to be next, you know? Exactly. He can break the team. He can he can put the, you know, like a bomb uh, uh, between teammates, you know, in in, in in the French national team. You you cannot take a risk. Exactly. But anyway, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, just to close out this part, Giroud did what Benzema failed to do. He helped France win the World Cup. So... I, I just see exactly. that Giroud is a World Cup champion. Yeah, yeah and he's actually uh, the top scorer for the French national team. Well, he's actually the second. The second, I said uh, Thierry Henry still has the record, but yeah, I, I think Giroud. I think gonna break it, if you ask me. Giroud's still playing great. You know, he's he's gonna. You know, he's in his he's thirty five now, but Giroud is able to stay healthy. He's in shape, so I, I still think he's probably got at least. Yeah. I would say he's probably gonna play until he's forty. At least he's still. I mean, in the World Cup, I don't. I don't know if he's actually going to start, like being the starting lineup. I mean, he might, depending on how he is. But I know that Giroud will be on the squad. That go, will be on the next World Cup squad. But first, we got to. But we got to make sure we qualify first, and, and that's what we get to next. Because just a few days ago, Didier Deschamps released the squad for the first three World Cup qualifying games. Because next week we play Ukraine, and then we we take on Kazakhstan and Bosnia and Herzegovina. Herzegovina on the road. And, yes. Oh, and you know, I, I, you know, I'm so happy that Didier Deschamps and Adrien Rabiot, you know, reconciled. You know, you know. See, remember, Rabiot was really mad that he was not selected for the team, but Rabiot did not escalate the situation. Why do you think Rabiot received another call up? Because he did not say bad things about Didier Deschamps. Exactly. Yeah, you are right again. Yeah. Uh, he didn't, and it shows that Didier Deschamps can change his mind. Uh, Didier Deschamps keeps the doors open, like we say. You know, if if you don't, if if you just stay yourself, if you just stay 
you know, as you are as a player. Uh, if you focus on what you have to do, if you are doing great, Didier Deschamps will call you back. But Amen if you start, that. you know, yeah, but if you start again <laughs> talking in the media, saying bad stuff, uh, you know, saying some lies, no, it's not going to work with Didier Deschamps. And I think it's a perfect example. And uh, yeah, I'm actually happy about it because it shows that Didier Deschamps is not the bad guy. Exactly. I mean, I understand Rabiot was obviously frustrated. I mean, he, he was you know he was younger at the time. I believe he was, tw- I think he was twenty three at the time. He was obviously he was twenty three, and yeah. you know he was underrated, and you know he was he was definitely a good player. But but I'm sure Didi Deschamps like told him, look, you will get your you will get your chance. But and I'm sure sure you know Deschamps told him, look, if you keep doing this, if if you if you express your anger out like that, you're only making it worse. So. And Rabiot understood. Yeah. Rabiot, you know, went to Juventus, you know, got better as a player, and, and now look at him. He, he's playing for the national team. He's going to play alongside N'Golo Conte and, and Paul Pogba. I mean, that's huge for him to play against two of the greatest midfielders of today. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, he's a competitor, so I completely understand that, uh, you know, he was disappointed uh, when he found out uh, he, he was not called for for the competition, but, uh, you know, uh, in the same time, for me, it's a quality because it shows that he really wants to be part of this team. Uh, he, he really wants to be good at what he's doing. So, uh, and look, like like you said today, yeah, now he's in the French national team. So I think it's going to be even better for him right now because, you know, like you said, he was not doing too great and now he's part of it. So he's going to enjoy even better and he's going to want to prove that he's the right player. Exactly, and and looking at the defense, you know, look at Luca Dini who plays for Everton, Presnel Kipembe, Benjamin Pavard, Raphael Varane, Ferland Mendy, Luca Hernandez, Leo Dubois, Clément Langlais. I mean, look, you know, it's so good to see you know Pavard, Varane, and Hernandez back together. I mean, they they were they were part of the four defenders that started most of the World Cup. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on with Samuel Umtiti. I mean, I know he's had he's, got, he's had a lot of injury problems lately. Yes, yes, he has, and he, he's not he he didn't do too well the last few months. But no. yeah, we will see. Like you know, like you said, it's only for three games, and like DJ Deschamps said during the uh, you know conference, uh, uh, it's not everything can change again. So um, yeah, I think it's a, it's a it's the best time for them to show that they can be part of the European Cup in a few uh, weeks. Um, yeah, I'm very. I really want to see this team because there are a few players that didn't play with the French national team for uh, for a few months. So it's going to be interesting to see what they can do. Um, yeah, I. Uh, you know, when I when I see the team, I see a lot of young players. So this is good because it shows that we have a. A uh, beautiful future. <laughs> uh, it makes me happy. But in the same time, you know, some players are not in this team and they can be also part of this team, like Camara, who is doing like an amazing season with Marseille. He's actually, uh, you know, we are hoping that he's going to stay with us. But uh, they are saying all the biggest clubs are looking at him. Um, some people still want, <laughs> still want uh, Benzema, of course. Uh, but yeah, we, we can we can maybe do a, even a list of ten other players that uh, didn't get the chance to be called. So we will see. I, I hope they are going to do three good games. We need to win the three games. Uh, we shouldn't lose one of them. And I respect again all the teams. 
But when we see the players we have and the young players, yeah, we should win the next three games. Well, we definitely will. I mean, I'm looking at the attackers. Uh, Wissam Ben Yedder, Kingsley Coman, who plays for Bayern Munich. Well, it's good to see Usman Dembele be called back up. And Usman Dembele yeah. has actually been playing for Barcelona lately. He's been getting playing time. And while he's he's definitely having some struggles, you know, sometimes scoring, uh, he's actually still playing good. I mean, against Paris Saint-Germain, especially in that first game, he had so many chances to score. I mean, obviously he couldn't put it in, but what Didier Deschamps obviously liked was that Dembele is healthy. He's dribbling the ball well. He's he's threatening to score, and, and that's impressive enough. And then you know, we, of course, Giroud, who, Giroud got selected. That's that's no surprise. I mean, Giroud is needed to cap to captain the the attack, followed by uh, Antoine Griezmann. And I'm actually, you know, sometimes yeah. I feel like you know Antoine Griezmann. If he does not pick it up at Barcelona, he. I mean. I can't imagine him not being called up for the Euro. I mean, I know he'll be called up, but if he's like, you know, playing yeah. so terrible, you know, Didier Jean will have no choice, but but I think Griezmann's going to be okay. And then we got Thomas Lemar, and then Anthony Martial, yeah. and Kylian Mbappe. I mean, yeah, th- this team is a good selection. France should actually win their first three games, and they should win convincingly, but, but like I said, oh, yeah. I, I just hope that they have their mentality together because, you know, France has always been a team, they have the talent, but not the focus. That's why they, that's why it's been so difficult to win the World Cup. They have the talent, but they lack the focus. They lack the winning mentality. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, again, I trust Didier Deschamps to make sure the team is really into it and very focused. And uh, I know he's going to create a great team. Um, yeah, I'm hoping, you know, the three games are going to you know, uh, prove us that we are ready for the competition. And also, I think they come at the right time because they are actually for the World Cup qualification for 2020 second. So I think it's a perfect time to win the game with people who are motivated to do the European Cup in a few months, uh, in a few weeks, sorry. So, yeah, it's a perfect time to to really, uh, you know, have great games with a lot of goals. And, uh, yeah, we need to see... Uh, what what they are capable to do? Yeah, well said. And I, and I'm I'm pretty sure France is going to do well in the Euro. I mean, if they can get past the group stage, and that's good enough. But France is going to have to do well in the Euro. I mean, it, who would have imagined the World Cup qualifying and the Euro taking place the same summer? It's a lot of football to play, but yeah. Fr- France needs that. I mean, they got to stay active. So, but yeah, yeah. But you you know, um, I like to say, and this is maybe because I'm so proud to be French <laughs> but in the last 20 years the French national team is the best team the best uh, national team exactly we went far away you know in pretty much all the competition you know yeah okay between 2010 and 2014 it was not too great but we won two World Cups uh, we won one European Cups so uh, if I'm not wrong, we did the two finals of European Cups. Um, so yeah, uh, I believe we have a big chance. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I want to see the team going to the final again. Okay. I know it's going to be tough because uh, a few teams are doing really well. Uh, Belgium is really close to to us, but I believe they were better um, in 2018. So if we were able to win against them in 2018, we should. Uh, we should be able to, to, to do a good game against them. Uh, you know, Hazard is not doing too well with uh, with Real Madrid. So Hazard He's hurt again. was really... Uh, 
Yeah, his heart again is uh, actually uh, he got some weight. He's not. He's not. He's really. I think he's really having a bad time right now. So, and we know how Azar used to to bring the team with him. He was kind of the main player, even if they have a lot of great players. But Azar was really important in this team. So, yeah, uh, I think we have a, a big chance, and uh, I'm hoping to go in the final. Uh, yeah, if if we don't go minimum to semi-final, I will still be disappointed because I believe we have again one of the best team. Well, with all the talent we have, not ma- not making it to the semi-finals is major is majorly disappointing. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, Into the Net FC is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Anthony, I want to thank you so very very much for coming on my show today. This was this was just, it, it was about time that I had a compatriot, a French compatriot, on this show. Yeah, uh, you know it's all my pleasure. I had a good time. It's actually my first time the, doing a podcast. I hope to do uh, you know more uh, with you uh, anytime. Yeah, let me know. But yeah, thank you again. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, if you need anything, you know where I am. <laughs> well, absolutely. But and you will be back on this show. All right, take care, everybody. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.